Hello and a warm welcome to Econoday Unplugged. It's Tuesday, the 30th of August, 2022. Terry Sheehan's on the US East Coast and I'm Jeremy Hawkins in London. Well, if last week's Jackson Hole Symposium was then to go by, central banks have had enough of overshooting inflation and are more determined ever to bring prices back under control. Hawkish comments from a wide range of senior officials emphasise very real concerns about the damage being done by soaring inflation to monetary policy credibility, public trust and the longer term global economic outlook. No central banker wants to trigger an economic downturn, but it now seems that if recession is thought to be the only way to achieving price stability of goals, then so be it. And that suggests that future interest rate hikes are all the more likely to be front end loaded as raising borrowing costs becomes all the more difficult to implement once an economy is actually contracting and unemployment is on the way up. So, Terry, peering into the hole in Jackson, what struck you most about what Mr Powell had to say last week? Actually, I think the thing that struck me the most was the brevity of his remarks. This is usually a fairly long speech and he got right to the point and made his case in a relatively short time. And the case is that the Federal Reserve thinks that inflation is the real threat to the U.S. economy right now and that they are going to do everything they can to get it under control. Okay, so he said, um, I'm not sure it was last week or recently anyway, that a Federal Reserve must keep at it until the job is done, unquote. Yes. So um, when is it done? Well, you will not get a definitive answer on that, but the language used has been that they have Fed policymakers have to see a sustainable path back to the 2% inflation goal. Now, we're still well above that. Uh, in the, you know, 7% or more range, depending on which inflation measure you're looking at. Um, So I I think um, we had some improvements in the Fed's preferred measure, the PCE deflator, uh, for July. So I think we would have to see four or five months of continued downward movement before the Fed would consider that it was sustainable. Okay. Um, perhaps if I can ask you about what the neutral rate might be. I think, you know, clearly intimation from Fed forecasts and everything else is sort of two and a quarter to perhaps two and a half percent, give or take. And Powell not so long ago said, well, actually, I think he was criticised by some people for claiming that the Fed funds rate was now at neutral. Um, is there any more idea about where neutral might be from the Fed itself? Or is it still the case that that kind of range is thought to be appropriate? I think it's still the case that that two to two and a half percent range is what most policymakers would agree on right now. Uh, but as Powell has said and others that, you know, it's a difficult thing to measure and it is always moving slightly. So um, I do think that if you ask most policymakers today, they would say that the Fed funds rate is around neutral right now. Okay. Right. Well, let's see. Presumably most discussion, your side anyway, as to whether or not the Fed's going to do um, 50 or 75 basis points at the next meeting. I guess with the employment report coming up what on Friday, that's going to be one of the key factors determining what happens. So what's expected there? Well, right now, the median forecast for payroll growth is somewhere around the 300,000 mark. Uh, that's a pretty good month, but it would also be on top of a really big month last month, which, which was over 500,000. Mm-hmm. 
so, you know, it remains to be seen if we've kind of need to pay back some of that big increase last month with a smaller increase this month, or if the pace of hiring has indeed picked up and we get 300,000 jobs. Now, I will note that historically, um, the August payroll report comes in below the median expectation, but is subsequently revised higher. So we have to be careful in reading whatever headline we get on Friday. Uh, but if the Fed continues to have evidence of a strong labor market, they will be hopeful that they are indeed charting that narrow path between uh, bringing inflation down and triggering a recession. OK, so on that note, then, um, let's suppose we do get 300 and assume it's kind of the right number. Um, what's that going to tell us about uh, current quarter GDP? Well, the... GDP now casts that I look at out of mm -hmm. St. Louis and Atlanta feds are saying third quarter growth is around 1% right now. That's a very rough estimate. But um, it does suggest that uh, consumer spending is reasonably good compared to the prior quarter and that some of the disruptions that have kept GDP negative in the first and second quarter in terms of what was going on with inventories and net exports may have been resolved. Okay, well, that's got to be good. Um, any else from your side? Well, uh, you know, next weekend here is a Labor Day weekend, and that's sort of the unofficial end of summer here. So um, kids are going back to school, people are rethinking um, their spending. Uh, they're starting to get in a cool weather mindset. And it'll be interesting to see if that helps relieve some of the problems with consumer confidence that we've seen this summer, which according to the uh, Consumer Sentiment Index has actually improved somewhat. Um, and if the economy is indeed going to manage to have a quarter of low but positive expansion okay fair enough um i was certainly talking of positive expansion that is something that the eurozone would like to see because it's struggling at the moment if we move across to europe now and in particular here um very much the focus of course is on inflation it's hard to get away with them um, from anyone not talking about inflation at the moment given what's happening to energy costs in general right across both continental europe and in the uk too um, and just harking back to uh, Jackson Hole, although certainly going into that meeting, I guess all the focus was upon what Jay Powell was going to say. But one of the big takeaways from that was some of the comments coming out of a number of the regional central bank governors from the Eurozone, notably those uh, governors overseeing economies where inflation rates now are knocking on the door of 20 percent, if not even more. So perhaps no big surprise that they think interest rates should be a good deal higher than they are currently. Anyway, <coughs> excuse me. Certainly some of the hawkish comments coming out of that and really did suggest that uh, the ECB has kind of changed gear in terms of what it thinks it should be doing with policy now. Clearly, for a long time, they've been lagging behind some of the other major central banks. Um, they did come out with their surprise 50 basis point 
um, increase in rates at the July meeting. September, most people, I think, were anticipating that we'd see a similar size meeting. This will be next Thursday week, so next week, um, another 50 basis point call. But in the light of these hawkish comments coming out of Jackson Hole now, there's certainly a significant amount of speculation. We could see a record 75 basis point increase. And this would be completely against the kind of, if you like, old forward guidance that the ECB was issuing. Now, it should be, uh, as best a caveat to that, should be that we have had uh, Philip Lane, the chief economist at the ECB, reassuring markets that he thinks that interest rate hikes should come through in incremental measures. So presumably not 75 basis points and 50 basis points and perhaps top whack. There's quite clearly a big split on the governing council now about just how quickly and how far interest rates should go up. Um, but one point of one point I would make out, particularly just going back to some of these comments, and that's looking at one of the perhaps uh, the better indications or indicators of where interest rates might go. And that's the EC board executive board member, um, Isabel Schnabel from Germany. She actually came out and said that quite simply, um, if economy goes into recession, so be it. Interest rates still need to go up. And this is very much a, a shift in the overall tone of the ECB, which previously has always put a lot of weight on what was happening to the real economy. So it kind of does suggest that the ECB quite simply now is struggling to restore credibility and public trust as mentioned in the intro. And they're going to do whatever's necessary to get inflation back down. Of course, as we talked about in previous podcasts, because so much of the current inflation issue is due to supply constraints and the lack of energy for Europe in particular coming out of Russia, it's not necessarily the case that pushing interest rates up are going to tackle it at its root source. Nonetheless, expect to see a significant further increases in interest rates coming out of the ECB. And with the markets now split about what they're going to do next week, there's a good chance we will see a good deal of volatility, particularly in the futures and the bond market as we go into Thursday's announcement. We'll get the, on terms of inflation, we'll get the latest HICP number coming out of the Eurozone. That's due tomorrow. That's expected to see headline inflation up to 9% from 8.9%. Um, and that, of course, would be yet another record high, which will just sustain pressure on these policymakers to come out and do something further with their policy. Um, also mentioned just in terms of inflation, one reason why inflation, in fact, isn't actually higher than it is at the moment in the eurozone is because Germany in particular, but also some other countries like France and Spain have introduced, uh, well, public private sector um, support schemes to uh, reduce the impact of the, 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 the crisis and the cost of living due to energy costs going up so sharply. And as far as Germany is concerned, one of their major parts of the package will be ending beginning of September time. Now, on some calculations, that in itself could push prices up by perhaps 0.5 percentage points, if not even more. So expect to see a fairly big increase in German inflation coming through in the September data. Tomorrow will be for August. But when we get the September numbers out, Germany should go up quite a lot. And that will obviously have a, a fairly significant impact on overall eurozone inflation as well. Seems now that within the marketplace, there's a view that the ECB wants to see interest rates, um, in this case, can use the deposit rate as a policy rate because there's so much excess liquidity around at the moment. But using that, um, the view that one and a half percent is probably round about where the ECB thinks the neutral rate is. So the deposit rate currently at zero, it means there's 150 basis points to introduce if the market's right between now and the end of the year. And that's going to be delivered over the three coming meetings. So watch this space. But either way, interest rates in the eurozone look to be going up quite sharply.
As far as the UK is concerned, well, if any country in Europe's got an inflation problem at the moment, particularly amongst the major countries anyway, is the UK. Inflation here now in double digits, we're up over 10% at 10.1% in July. Good chance that'll be going higher in August as well. And certainly it's going to go significantly higher now we know what the um, energy regulator will be doing with their price cap. That was announced that we'll be getting a, a record increase of some 80% when that cap is reviewed um, for October. And there's every chance we've seen additional 50% or so increase coming through when the review comes in after that in January of 2023. So in other words, what, almost whatever happens elsewhere, we're going to see a big increase in UK inflation over the course of the next few months. And in turn, that of course is going to maintain pressure on the Bank of England to come out and do more interest rates hikes here as well. At this stage, it looks as if when we get to the next meeting, that will be on September the 15th, we'll see another 50 basis point hike. But clearly, if these inflation numbers do surprise on the upside, and there's plenty of scope for that, the bank may well feel um, forced to come out and do something larger, a 75 basis point move, perhaps um, being the most likely if it's not going to be 50. Um, what else should I mention in terms of the economy? UK economy is slowing, but it's worth noting that by and large, it's been outperforming expectations. Um, Econoday's Economic Consensus Divergence Index at, currently stands at 20, or if we strip out the inflation effects in that at four. So in other words, in a nutshell, the economy, as mentioned, has been performing a little bit better than most forecasters anticipated. And that will certainly make it that much easier for the bank to come out and raise interest rates again. On the politics side, I should mention on the 5th of September, so where are we next Monday, we'll find out who the UK Prime Minister is going to be. That looks very much as if it's going to be Liz Truss, the current Foreign Secretary. And that could be important for monetary policy because she's come out and intimated that she's prepared to implement a temporary VAT cut, try and ease some of the cost of living pressures um, and basically introduce a range of uh, tax, tax um, cuts at the expense, presumably, of public sector borrowing. Um, that might not go down too well with the Bank of England, uh, so it might actually help to increase the likelihood of, of larger interest rate hikes. Um, so you won't find out who is who is going to be the next PM until next Monday, but odds at the moment very much favour Liz Truss. One thing I should mention that um, it's, it's a battle between her and the former Chancellor, uh, Richie Sunak. Both people, though, are, are anti another Scottish referendum. Um, that's been back in the press again in the UK. The First Minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, wants to see a second independence referendum held by October next year. Currently, uh, the incoming PM, whoever he or she might be, is going to try and turn that down. So but it's something to keep an eye on because the idea of another referendum certainly could be more bad news as far as the pound's concerned. Let me round off quickly then some of the bits and pieces as far as Europe's concerned. I guess one way of addressing overshooting or indeed undershooting inflation targets is to change the target itself. But again, going back to good old Jackson Hole last week, the head of the Swiss National Bank, Thomas Jordan, came out very strongly against any shift in its definition of price stability, which is to quote a rise in consumer prices of less than 2% a year. They also dismissed the idea of average inflation targeting, which has clearly become a uh, much more favoured amongst a number of central banks over the course of the last year or so. So as far as the Swiss National Bank's con concerned, nothing's changed and they're very much sticking to their existing guns. 
Also, next week, I should mention Bank of Canada. They're due to make their next announcement on September the 7th. By and large, the economy is still doing very well. And in core inflation out there is certainly high enough to support expectations for another 75 basis points from the BOC next week. Recall that they went a full 100 basis points in July. Looks as if uh, second quarter growth, and we'll get that tomorrow, is going to be somewhat above what the Bank of Canada was expecting, Um, although there has been a slowdown during the course of the quarter on the basis of what the monthly data has said. Nonetheless, it looks a pretty well a done deal that BOC is determined to get on top of inflation, and so rates are going to go up there as well. Um, what else should be mentioned is quickly round off, you've mentioned China since there's still so much focus on that when it comes to inflation. Big problems still out there with their COVID-19 policy. Um, they've now got COVID-19 in all the 31 mainland provinces. Um, of course, and with the zero COVID policy still in place, that's going to further hit the uh, Chinese economy. Recent numbers have started to undershoot expectations. And of course, it's going to hit the global growth picture as well. So China at the moment, one of those uh, countries still embarked on monetary easing. Indeed, recently we've seen cuts in their long-term prime rate. We've also seen some fresh stimulus measures coming out the, um, the government as well. But this stage investors don't seem to be overly confident that enough has been done right so that is probably enough for myself and terry for today then um i guess recession might ultimately help to put a lid on official interest rates but it's also going to encourage central banks to front end load their planned tightening other way borrowing costs are going up and making decisions on a meeting by meeting basis means that the economic data are even more important than ever so Make sure you keep up to date with all the latest market moving statistics and events in Econoday's global economic calendar. Do check it out. Uh, for now, though, on behalf of Terry and me, thanks as always for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>